Today's episode of the Fantasy Football Podcast is brought to you by State Farm. When you need a game plan for protection, State Farm agents are here to help. With personalized service, agents are available to talk in person, over text, or through the State Farm app. So go with the one with coverage and agents you can count on. Find an agent in your neighborhood today. State Farm. Talk to an agent today. When we get into November, the weather really starts to play a bigger factor, especially in the passing game. Thankfully, the Google Assistant is ready to help. Hey Google, what will the weather be like in Baltimore this Thursday evening? The forecast in Baltimore Thursday evening is 55 with showers. The Google Assistant is ready to help you get more done with just your voice. In the car, at home, and everywhere you take your phone. A little help, hands-free. Just say, hey Google, to get started. on the Ringer NFL show on the Ringer Podcast Network. My name is Danny Heifetz and I am joined as always by my co-host and my co-Danny, the hero we need and the analyst we deserve, the Dark Knight himself, Danny Kelly. <laughs> How are you doing, DK? Oh man, I'm doing so well. How are you doing? You're doing so well? That's yeah, wonderful. so, so well. Like Timmy's trapped in a well well? <laughs> I mean, I'm doing pretty well. We're also joined by Craig Horlbeck. What is on your mind, Craig? Took home my first gold this weekend. Feeling great. (laughs) Well, yeah. yeah. We're going to get into that because this is probably the funniest sleeper of the week that I could even imagine. Um, But let's let's save that for a little later. Yeah, we'll push it a little later. Push it further down the table. Right now, let's jump into the what of the week, which, DK, what made you go what this week? Uh, Just looking at the top... Like the leaderboard of fantasy football point scores and PPR this week. Uh, this is not a homer thing, but I, I see two Seahawks at the very top, which is pretty strange for me. Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett, number two, number one and number two. Tyler Lockett, I think, is number one. Wilson, number two. So that to me was shocking. Russell Wilson, best quarterback in football, also most <laughs> fun player. That's not always how it goes. I mean, Mahomes. Obviously was last year MVP and most fun player. But sometimes Matt Ryan is the MVP, not the most fun yeah. player. <laughs> it's always fun when the best player is also the most valuable. Yeah. So I thought I thought that was pretty fitting because I think that Russell Wilson's play just in general was sort of his, I guess, cementing of his status in the MVP race. I think that's going to be very, very tough for him to keep kind of down the, down the stretch. But um, that was an MVP type performance. Uh, it's giving him a shot at QB1 honors overall this year. Obviously, he has tough competition from uh, Watson and Lamar Jackson, but he's just balling out. And Tyler Lockett is emerging as one of the best receivers in the NFL as well. He's been a low-end wide receiver one this season. He was, if you remember, prior to the season, a lot of people talked about it, and it was very logical as a prime regression candidate. He had more touchdowns um, than he probably should have based on his catches and yards and all that. Um, but he has just continued on with absurd efficiency, and he and Russell Wilson have almost like a magical connection on the field. It's actually kind of crazy. Uh, I saw this stat from NFL.com's Graham Barfield today. Russell Wilson and Lockett 
formed the NFL's most efficient duo last year, completing 20.1% of passes above expectations. So that's based on difficulty, um, location of the pass, all that, like location of the uh, defender and everything like that. So this year, they are also first again, plus 17.9. So not quite to the level of last year, but close and also just tops in the NFL again. So those two have an insane connection. We've seen it every week. Lockett had a huge game against the Buccaneers. Um, and I thought it was also fun to see DK Metcalf break out. The Seahawks offense is suddenly very, very interesting fantasy-wise. And going forward, I think it could continue to be pretty fantasy like productive in terms of, you know, I always think of the Seahawks receivers and, and Seahawks passing game as sort of low volume. The Seahawks have never really unleashed Russell Wilson to the extent um, that we want them to. But going forward, I think the combination of Seattle having a bad defense and a terrible kicking game could mean that they have to get into like games where they really, really rely on Russell Wilson. They have a very difficult schedule down the stretch at the 49ers, at the Eagles, versus the Vikings, at the Rams, at the Panthers, versus Cardinals, and versus 49ers. So it's one of the toughest, if not the toughest, closing schedule, which means I think Seattle's not going to really be able to play their game that they want to play. I think they're going to have to really rely on Russell Wilson, like we saw against the Buccaneers, and that could be very good for fantasy purposes. So long story short, I'm excited about what DK Metcalf can do. I'm excited about Lockett, and I think Russell Wilson has an outside shot at overall uh, QB1 honors this year. Seahawks Niners on Monday Night Football next week is the game of the year, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, it's going to be fun. It's the best game at least so far, for sure. And I think Russell Wilson running around like it's recess just after school and just trying to make stuff happen <laughs> around Nick Bosa. And also Richard Sherman roaming around trying to pick him off. Oh, I think yeah. that that is the level of football, the narrative is going in that That is just the absolute best thing. And then as you said, Lockett, it kind of reminds me of Aaron Rodgers and Pete Jordy Nelson. I have mm. no idea how good Tyler Lockett would be on another team, but it doesn't matter because as long as he's with Russell Wilson, the Wilson-Lockett connection is as good as anyone in football. Yeah. I mean, I think Lockett is a really good player, but I agree with you that they have sort of just this connection where Wilson always knows where he's going to be at any given time. They, they're they very, very good out of structure. That's Wilson's kind of game his whole career is making plays out of structure. And every time Wilson breaks the pocket, I'm like, oh, he's going to he's going to huck it deep, deep to Lockett. And, you know, more often than not, that's the case. So. Uh, yeah, it's just it's it's fun to watch. I I you know my hatred for the Seahawks in general <laughs> uh, remains just love because hatred. they make it's everything a love, it's a love as, hatred. Well, they make everything as completely hard as possible. You complain a lot game. about your coach for someone who has a coach who literally crafted the USC dynasty, came to the NFL, got you to two Super Bowls, won one. I feel like you don't. I don't know. I feel like there's 27 teams that would be like, wow, I would love to have Pete Carroll. Hey, look, I, I'm I'm clear eyed. About sort of the <laughs> about the difficulty in rooting for the Seahawks because on one hand, and how how I think people can be annoyed at Seahawks fans for complaining because on one hand, you know the Seahawks have had an incredible run of success so, since Pete Carroll got here. I mean it's their best franchise, you know, the best rosters and ever. They had their, they got their Super Bowl win. You know it's been awesome. It's been a really fun ride. But at the same time. It's it's really really hard to shake the idea that they're completely holding Russell Wilson back too. So it's like it's good, but it also could be so much better. It's such a weird sort of I don't know like hard thing to figure out. But um, the other thing is it's just like the Seahawks of the Pete Carroll era are just excruciating to watch every single week. 
<laughs> just from the philosophically and, and how they approach everything, it's gonna well, it's gotta be as hard as possible every week. Well, this week went well for you guys. Did not go so well for everyone else. So let's just get into some injuries and some updates yeah. and some potential replacements. First up, I think uh, the biggest news of the early slate of games, at least what looked like it, was Jacoby Brissett from the Indianapolis Colts. He injured his knee in the second quarter and did not return. Uh, had an MRI on Monday, confirmed it was an MCL strain after the game. Frank Reich, the Colts head coach, said it was probably <laughs> MCL-ish, which I okay. have never heard an MCL-ish as a diagnosis. But it turns out he was right. It is an MCL. Uh, in the game, it seemed like Brissett could have returned. He was jogging around, but Reich decided he wasn't going to send him back in. The fact that that was even on the table suggests it's not that bad, and he might be able to come back this week against the Dolphins. But in his absence, Brian Hoyer, the other Patriots backup <laughs> on Remember this Colts team, 17 yeah. of 26 passes for 168 yards and three touchdowns, including a touchdown in his first pass in the game. Yeah. Also threw a pick six and lost a fumble. So it was like, you know, we all know about the ups and downs of Brian <laughs> Hoyer experience. Not really. Uh, it's crazy that we're in a league right now with Matt Moore starting, Brian Hoyer, Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> it feels like a sport. Is it 2012? I know. I love it. And they're all like probably going to be weirdly decent. Do you guys think you could pass a Sporkle <laughs> test on like, can you name everybody who started a game of quarterback this year? Ooh. Oh. Without missing one? Oh, man. We should cut that and then make that and then get rich. <laughs> um, anyway, the point is, if you're in a two-quarterback league, well, if you're in a one-quarterback league, do not add Brian Hoyer under any circumstance. But if you're in a two-quarterback <laughs> league, you should probably add Brian Hoyer because they're playing the Dolphins and there's a lot of buys this week. So I just think, yeah, the Colts are such a well-coached team. And, you know, we've seen it over the last two years, Frank Wright can scheme up, you know, advantageous situations for his quarterback, regardless, not not regardless of who he is, but even when he, ha he has a backup in there, even as, and this is a third string guy, technically speaking, if you count luck. Um, yeah, I have confidence that they can kind of scheme up things to get decent numbers from their quarterback. So who is hurt and who has helped from this injury? Does anybody's stock go up or down? Well, so the other, th this happens in conjunction with T.Y. Hilton, uh, T.Y. Hilton is out for three to four weeks as well, so he aggravated injury. And, Zach, I mean, there's a number of Colts that are on the able to benefit from Hilton's absence. So Zach Pascal, I think, has stepped up where a lot of people thought Paris Campbell would, so Zach Pascal is a great one. But overall, I mean, if Brissett's not in the game, the whole offense is worse. So, I think, I think, I think Campbell is an interesting one, though, because they— they schemed up ways to get him involved in this last game. He and had, then he fumbled twice. Yeah, he had two fumbles, so that was not ideal, clearly. But, um, you know, he, they were getting him getting him the ball, and they seemed to be working towards that. So maybe his, his role will expand going forward. So not that, a that's kind of one thing to monitor. Not a fan of rookies with ball security issues. <laughs> uh, other players who got uh, some injuries this week. Uh, Le'Veon Bell on the Jets is getting an MRI. Uh, this is... There's not a ton of information on this yet. Head coach Adam Gase says he did not know how serious the injury was. Yeah. If Bell misses any time, Ty Montgomery is like the only other running back on that team who's getting snaps of any significance. He was a receiver at the Packers who changed to running back, played pretty well, hurt his ribs, got some other injuries, lost his job, became a kick returner, fumbled and fumbled oh, God, away yeah, game. I forgot about that. Was yeah. exiled to Baltimore for a future conditional seventh, which is <laughs> the NFL version of sending someone to Siberia. <laughs> the island of Elba. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then ended up on the Jets, and now he might be a starting running back for the Jets. So he's actually, He looks really good in the preseason, I too. I know. Man. Ty Montgomery's been good. I feel like he could have, like, what Jalen Samuels does on the Steelers. Oh, yeah. Energy That's a good example, yeah. Very versatile guy because of the receiving. So, I mean, he can absolutely hand— A, a worthy pickup and an overqualified backup. So, if that's if Bell misses time, but we're recording this Monday afternoon. We don't know if Bell's going to miss time. So, 
uh, don't operate on the assumption, but definitely check out what happened in this MRI. Another person, Adam Thielen on the Vikings. Thielen re-aggravated a hamstring injury. First quarter, the Vikings yep. lost to the Chiefs. They lost 26-23. Thielen did not come back. Same injury that kept Thielen out of last week, so we'll see how they handle that hamstring injury going forward. But obviously, hamstrings are famous for lingering and also just bad for people who rely on speed. Hammies are the worst when it comes to, I think, receivers in, in particular and corners because you're exploding out of your stance and everything like that. It's like, just seems like the easiest injury to re-aggravate every time. So yeah, I bet you they'll soft be— tissue injuries are tough. Yeah, I bet you they'll play it safe with him. Um, the action item here, if you are desperate for receiver help, Con Treadmill actually kind of stepped up and, and, you know, emerged as the go-to guy, at least in this game. He got three or five targets for 58 yards. Uh, Olabisi Johnson is another guy in this offense that's kind of filled in when when um, when Thielen's been out. So those are two guys that you could check out on the waiver wire. I'm not super excited about either guy. Just Dude, yeah, no, don't pick up other of those guys. I said if you're desperate. They'll replace, uh, no, no, go down, don't put someone in your bye week before you pick up Laquan <laughs> Treadwell. Just eat the loss. For the yeah. love of God, I care deeply about our listeners. And if a single one of our listeners picks up Laquan Treadwell— and plays Laquan Treadwell, I will feel it in my heart like a disturbance in the force. I'm going to be watching Treadwell closer than anyone this Please week. Please do wait. not pick up Laquan Treadwell. Uh, <laughs> Deshaun Jackson on the Eagles. Deshaun Jackson, so he came back, so he, for the first time he started a game since, I mean, week two, he's just been gone. He's had this abdominal injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, plays this week, plays four snaps, leaves the game, and is now having surgery to repair a core muscle injury. And may not play again this season. So mm-hmm. a roller coaster of emotions for, I mean, Deshaun Jackson, Eagles fans, and people who have Deshaun Jackson in fantasy, uh, just an absolute roller coaster. So there's not a one to one replacement for him. I mean, his Instagram ha- handle does happen to be one of one. So, but Nelson Aguilar is still dropping stuff and still not getting contested catches. But the whole thing with Deshaun is he's the speed element vertical, and then it opens the things up horizontal. They don't really have someone who can do that. So I think it lowers the boat for everyone in the Eagles offense except Ertz, and this is very good for Ertz. Yeah, I was going to say, if anything, to me, it's a small bonus to people who are hoping for a Goddard continued breakout. Obviously, Goddard didn't do a lot this weekend, but he has looked good over last month. And with Jackson out, it means I think that ja- that the Eagles wind up running their twelve personnel, their two their two tight end sets a lot more often, and that could mean, <clears throat> excuse me, that could mean really good things for Goddard. Craig, do you have any thoughts? Do you want to get your gloating in about how you wanted to do Zach Ertz and DK <laughs> like forced you to do Dallas Goddard, and then Zach Ertz had a great game? I just want to recommend you both that when my spidey senses are tingling, to adhere to what I'm saying. I, you know, what? I will give you credit. For the Melvin Gordon contrarian pick on Friday. Thank you very much. Which immediately paid off. And also justified us having like a seven or eight minute rant about the Los Angeles Chargers in Friday's (laughs) podcast. That started with you kind of going against my pick and then by the end being like, you know what? Actually, pretty good pick. I like it. Yeah. (laughs) There we go. Thanks for not cutting out. Anytime you can convince Danny of anything, I think it's a huge. (laughs) Also, I was thinking about Deshaun Jackson. His first game this year, I guess technically his only game, he had 31 points. I wonder if that's the most ever for a guy to just play one game in a season. Well, points per (laughs) snap. That's an interesting one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Will Fuller, Will Fuller is probably on that list. Oh yeah, geez. all right. Yeah. Other injuries: Preston Williams and the Dolphins. Um, Williams tore his ACL in the fourth quarter of the game. Is carted off. Uh, 
Devontae Parker season for Craig. Speaking of Craig's on a roll now. These are it's all his guys. It's been Devontae Parker season, baby. <laughs> I also wonder if it means anything for Albert Wilson because he was a guy that a lot of people were excited about prior to the season. He's like a Golden Tate style yards after the catch, you know, explosive creator, you know, in the open field type of guy. And he hasn't done anything. I mean, he had a, I think he had a hip, hip injury early on in the season, missed a bunch of games. And ever since he's returned, he hasn't really done anything. So also Mike um, Kosicki. Having a big game. Mike Kosicki. Six catches, yeah. 95 yards. Does that turn into anything in this tight end depleted world we're living in? No. Maybe. Maybe. No. No? No. Who would you rather have going forward? Jordan Akins or Mike Kosicki? I'd probably take Kosicki. Hmm. Uh, neither. There has to be someone else. There's not. <laughs> there, there, there <laughs> There's only two players. There literally has to be. <laughs> um, last up. Oh, no, no, no. We're doing a new segment for this? Yes. Yeah. All yeah. right. Here we go. Don't fucking bother. <laughs> Dolphins. Mark Walton, starting running back, post Kenyon Drake in Miami. Suspended for four games. You know what? We could tell you who's going to be the backup in Miami now. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about who's the start of the Dolphins. Don't bother with the Dolphins running backs. Don't bother really with the Miami Dolphins as a whole. We like Devontae Parker, but that's an exception. Don't bother. All right. Now we're going on to Bye 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 as inspired by NSYNC. Can we play this song or is that like a copyright problem? I'm going to say that's probably massive copyright can you, infringement. Can you do this song? Can you imitate it? I'm only singing once a year and it was the gala day, which I did not cut. No, but sing, sing it. Yeah, just think, do the I Bye 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 that. for us. No, I can't do it. I'm not doing it. Bye Bye Bye. All right. You know there what? Whatever. Go. The point is that there are six teams on Bye in week 10. It's the most of the season. Denver. Patriots, Philadelphia, Washington, Jacksonville, Houston. Jesus. A fifth of fantasy players are not playing this week. That's a Brutal. problem. Yeah. That's Four of the top 12 quarterbacks, Deshaun Watson, Tom Brady, Carson Wentz, Gardner Minshew. Uh, four of the top 20 running backs and six of the top 30. Fournette, Philip Lindsay, Jordan Howard, James White, Sonny Michelle, Royce Freeman. Uh, three of the top 10 receivers and five of the top 20 receivers, Hopkins, Edelman, Chark, Cortland Sutton, McLaurin, and two of the top tight ends, two of the top 10 tight ends, I should say, Ertz and Fells. And so, yeah, teams are hurting this week. It's going to be brutal. Yeah, so we just wanted to list because there's so many freaking people out this week. So just want to roll through some people that you can stream. Like, these are guys that you can stream, like, this week if need be, if you really have to pick someone up and slot them in. So... DK, want to roll through a cut? We're just going to roll yeah. these off. All right. Jalen Samuels is Steelers, 59, or 49% owned, so it's not necessarily a low number. But if he's out there on waivers, he's worth a grab. Uh, obviously, with James Conner's availability up in question, you know, he may. this is going to be kind of like a game-time decision. But if Conner is back, then Samuels isn't really worth it. But if, if Conner is out still, we saw last week he had 13 catches. He's very, very um, valuable in PPR leagues particularly. Also, like, Ronald Jones a lot this week. Rojo, uh, he's on, like, 38.6, 40%. That might be a sticking point later in this episode. Uh, Rojo, he had 18 <laughs> carries for 67 yards and a touchdown last week, or this week, Sunday. I, I don't know when last week becomes this week. But two yeah. catches for 15 yards. Bucks are playing the Cardinals this week. Uh, he's better than Peyton Barber. Now he's getting more touches than Peyton Barber. Cardinals are a good matchup. I mean, you could do a lot worse for someone on waivers going right into your lineup than Ronald Jones. and. That's yeah. really all you can ask for is you could do a lot worse when you're starting <laughs> someone that was on waivers. And the last one, this is the opposite, which is you could probably, you might not be able to do worse. Is, But if you're really, really desperate, Gus Edwards, my guy on the Baltimore Ravens, who is owned in fewer than 3% of leagues, 
Gus the bus. Gus the bus. Wow. Yes. Thank you, Deke. I forgot he's <laughs> Gus the bus. Yeah. Gus the bus going against the Cincinnati Bengals. And this is really if you're desperate, but Baltimore could get up so early in this game that they sit Mark Ingram and they could give Gus Edwards like 15 second half carries. He had a rushing touchdown this uh, last night against the Patriots. He, Mark Ingram had a, like a 53 yard run or so. And then, but he didn't get there. So then they put Gus the bus in. He has like a 12 yard run immediately after for a touchdown. So he is the guy who spells Ingram. He's getting like decent carries. Not if Ingram plays, but Ingram's older. Like they want to preserve him. If they're up four touchdowns at halftime, there's a world where Gus Edwards actually does very well in this game. And again, really, if you're desperate, Gus Edwards is one of the few handcuffs in the league where I think it's worth owning him. Even if you don't have Mark Ingram, I think maybe Alexander Madison is in that in mm-hmm. that category as well, where if you have the room on your roster, you're never going to play him unless a Mark Ingram or Dalvin Cook get hurt. But I, I don't think you should drop Gus Edwards all year. I, I it depends on how big it. your league is. 10 teams, he's probably not worth owning. 12, maybe. And then anything is. older than 12, 100%. He's got playoff altering upside if Ingram gets hurt. I mean, you That's, could potentially win your league. Who else is on that list for you of, of handcuffs that if they're guys, because there's guys like if they get hurt, are not going to be replaced by one person. And then there's guys that, like, Madison mm, replacing Dalvin Cook question. would get, like, 60, borderline 70% of snaps, maybe. Maybe, so who, maybe like, Ryquel Armstead? Yeah, I have him in a couple of leagues. I think I think as much as we slander Rashad Penny, I think he would get the bulk of the carries in Seattle if, if uh, Chris Carson were to get injured. Plus, he also keep—he's back to fumbling again, so, uh, yeah. Tony Pollard? I don't know. Yeah, Pollard's a good one. I just I'm so happy Zeke's that Rashad Penny. He's been gone. so freaking durable though, man. I think it's Madison and, and Gus Edwards though at the top. What's the what, what about Reggie Bonifant in Carolina? Because he's Catholic a fun one. Ninety six percent of snaps in Carolina. <laughs> yeah. All right, a couple of receivers since uh, so many people are on by. I mean, I, as DK mentioned, DeAndre Hopkins, Julian Edelman, DJ Shark, like Cortland Sutton, like it's a lot of top twenty guys. Uh, Devontae Parker, Craig's guy, who we mentioned, Craig's is that favorite. Parker's owned in like less than a quarter of leagues and Zach Pascal's owned in like less than three. So those are pretty good options considering uh, T.Y. Hilton's out in Indianapolis and then you got Preston Williams out in Miami. Like Preston Williams, I think, is like top 10, top 11 in air yards and that's just not on the team anymore. So these guys are both essentially number ones on their team now. Devontae Parker is a top 12 receiver in the last month. Zach <laughs> that's crazy. He's the wide receiver 34 this whole year. He's been a wide receiver three. And wow. again, like he sucked the first, well, he sucked. He was not getting the ball in the first three weeks. So it's more like he's been top 80 in September and then top 15 in October. So with Fitz, with Fitz magic under center though, like you just never really know. They can, sometimes they, the Dolphins offense can actually like move the ball and stuff. So there's it's never a middle ground. It's either Fitz tragic or exactly. Fitz magic, but there's exactly. no like Fitz like yeah. average. Yeah, that's true. All right, let's get into some categories. But first, this holiday season, immerse yourself in all your favorite holiday classics with a new home theater system from Sonos. Enjoy speech enhancement mode, a unique feature that clarifies the sound of human voice. Perfect for when characters whisper or the action intensifies. Turn it on in the Sonos app and never miss a moment of the story. Plus, play carols and more when the TV is off. Hosting family and friends? Sonos works with all your streaming services. And control is simple with the app, Apple AirPlay 2, and your voice using Amazon Alexa or the Google Assistant. You can also wirelessly connect all your speakers 
to create your perfect sound system. I have the Sonos Move and it has changed my life. I don't listen. I can't believe how much of my life I spent listening to music, podcasts, movies and things like through like headphones, like, a, like <laughs> oh, I, I it's I can't go back. Just tinny, terrible audio. Yeah. Well, there's all these sounds in the background that you're like, wow, the depth. I never knew what that meant. The depth. And it, it's just beautiful. It's wonderful. I love the Sonos Move. Greg, how's your Sonos? Loving it every single day. I use Absolutely it. fantastic. Go to Sonos.com to learn more and complete your holiday shopping. And while we're here, when it's game day, you can't be fumbling your wallet to pay for the food order or worrying about online security when paying for tickets for the next game. Privacy.com is the best way to pay for anything online because it keeps your identity totally safe and secure. Privacy.com is different because it uses virtual cards instead of real ones. This is a free tool that will help you manage your financial life online without sharing your real banking information. When we buy things online, we give personal info, not only to merchants, but also their data partners without our clear consent. But privacy.com uses military-grade encryption, and they won't sell your data or charge interest in annual fees. And privacy.com's Chrome extension will auto-fill your virtual card information, so it is incredibly easy. Head to privacy.com slash NFL to sign up. New customers will automatically get $5 to spend on your first purchase. Yep, that is free money for any online purchase. Go to privacy.com slash NFL and sign up now. Alrighty, let's get into some deceiving yards. Fool's yeah. gold, who is real, who is not. Guys with big days, who are we buying? DK, who had a big day that you're like, eh. How about that Kenyon Drake, guys? Uh, he looks really, really good in the Cardinals offense, kind of freed in the Cardinals offense. I know it's going to maybe potentially be sort of a short-term thing with Chase Edmonds and uh, David Johnson but potentially returning sometime soon. However, I will say, I think Drake looked perfect for that offense. He, he carried the ball 15 times, 110 yards, touchdown, added four catches for 52 yards, scored 28 fantasy points. Um, you know, his burst and agility, his footwork, I think looked really, you know, it, he, he was really well suited for that spread offense that they run there in Arizona. Um, and so, and that, that was coming against a really good defense too. So, I just think he looked really, really good. I don't know if this is necessarily the thing or, or an indication of things to come, but if he has the main role in Arizona, I think he's going to be a big-time fantasy factor going forward. Now, um, the question is kind of what what the deal with Johnson and, and Edmonds is going forward, but if Drake emerges as the number one, I like him a lot. I don't think the talent was deceiving. I thought that it was, if anything, it was a reminder of the difference between going from a awful designed offense to a really well one was like, oh my God, Kenyon Drake still good. I think the the deceiving part is the touches, the 15 rushes. If Chase Edmonds, you know, Chase Edmonds and David Johnson have injuries that I think will get better over time, but they won't be fully healed. And that's like the worst kind of no man's land where everyone's going to get like a third. Yeah. If anything, this just muddies the water for everybody. Yeah. It makes, it's kind of worse. Like, oh, for the whole pie. Like the tide is now lowering all the boats. (laughs) <laughs> is that how that works? I've never really the understood other, that one because the tide, it's... Let's not get into that. Uh, the other thing to note is uh, they're playing the Buccaneers next week, who is a notorious pass-funnel defense. Um, good, Very, very good run defense. A lot of teams have struggled against them, though I will say Chris Carson did pick up 105 from them on Sunday. So um, Half but, of which came overall, on one yeah. large run. Right. Where he shredded um, people. 
And then he fumbled at the end. And then he fumbled at the end. I think, uh, yeah. So, like, bottom line, Drake looks awesome in that offense. He's still not trustworthy because we just don't know, you know, the. It, it's kind of like the Detroit situation where we just don't know who the actual starter is going to be yet. So, it'll be, it's something to monitor, but um, I just thought he looked really, really is good. Is he a sell high? Do you guys want to play a quick name game with Kenyon Drake? <sighs> I mean, in season long, for sure. Would you rather have Kenyon Drake or Devin Singletary? Singletary. Oh, my God, yeah. Devin Singletary. Okay. I think Drake is a perfect season-long sell high. I think dynasty-wise, uh, if you have him on your team, that's kind of a nice nice landing now, spot. Give him Devil double Terry, double down a Devil Singletary. Would you rather have Kenyon Drake or Matt Breida? Hmm. Well, those are similar situations. Yeah, very similar. I'm just going to cut into my deceiving yards because that's actually what I was going to talk about was Matt Breida and Tevin <laughs> Coleman. Uh, All right, go so for I'm it. just going to pivot to what I was going to say, which is what I always do anyway. Um, <laughs> Aaron Jones and Tevin Coleman. Week eight. Yeah, what the hell happened with Aaron week Jones this eight week? eight combined. Tevin Jeez. Coleman and Aaron Jones had 33 touches for 344 yards, six touchdowns. Se- 79.4 PPR points. <laughs> so 80 points. This week combined. Yes. 23 touches, 65 yards, no scores. <laughs> This Nine is why fantasy, fantasy football points. is the worst. Nine and a half points combined. <laughs> I think Aaron yeah. Jones is having a deceiving season. I think if he has a a great rest of 2019 and he becomes like a late first, early second round draft pick next year, he's going to screw everybody. I think this is. I, I, I don't. I think this mm. is fool's gold as an entire year for Aaron Jones. Well, so, well, there's two. Th- I think the deceiving part of last week was it, last week was confusing when they shredded the Chiefs because the Packers showed two things in that. One, what was deceiving was how much of the usage Aaron Jones had. He's had two massive games this year, right? One was without Jamal Williams when Williams was hurt and Jones went off. That four-touchdown game, yeah. but they Yeah, the four-touchdown game. But they didn't actually change the snap count or usage of them when Jamal Williams came back. So on that one, that was like the best game the Packers' overall rushing offense could have had. And then Aaron Jones just had all of it, which was not anomaly, which was— an aberration because Jamal Williams still has a pretty good amount of the rushing game. A similar thing happened last week where Aaron Jones just happened to get so much of the stuff against Kansas City and the opportunity. But where it was real was that was the first game Aaron Rodgers ever had um, three passing touchdowns to running backs. Two went to Aaron Jones and one went to Jamal Williams. That part's real. I do think the running backs are more involved in the passing game than ever before in Green Bay. The deceiving part is it's not always going to be predictable who that goes to. In this game, it happened to be Jamal <laughs> yeah. Williams. Jamal Williams had uh, ten, uh, two carries for 10 yards on the ground, but he had six catches for 39 yards and a touchdown. So that's a very that's a decent, salvageable flex play. It's way more than what Jones got. So I think on that one, it's actually they're more of a classic split where Jones gets like 60% of the work, Williams gets 40, and you just got to hope they don't drop the ball like they did against the Chargers. I, I don't think the game's representative. Coleman, it's completely different in that he's the lead back, but they're running so much that you don't know who's necessarily going to be getting the opportunity. And all those guys are dinged up that we don't always know how healthy are some of them. So it's hard to predict which of them are going to eat this week, but Coleman's still going to be the best bet. Brita, but they run so much. They lead the league in rushing that Brita, even if he's the second guy in that totem pole behind Coleman is still a pretty good bet. So to wrap all the way back down to Craig's, Craig's question. I'd rather have Matt Breed than Kenyon Drake because I know that Kyle Shanahan wants to lead the league in rushing every week. 
Cliff Kingsbury just wants to pass and put a point. So I don't think Cliff Kingsbury's committed to like enough rushing that he can feed two or three running backs, but the 49ers can. I think bottom line though is you just can't take Aaron Jones or Coleman out of your starting lineup if you got him on your team, right? Oh, well, no, absolutely not. Right. So as deceiving as this week was or, or not, you just can't take him out of your lineup. Oh, no, I hope. Well, I think that if there's an overarching point, it's that it's going to be in the middle between these two. These are both actually pretty extreme outcomes on either end. Right. Beautiful. Craig, who do you got? Jacob Hollister, the tight end of your mm. beloved Seahawks, DK, had a big <laughs> week. He had two touchdowns. Yeah. And I think any tight end now scoring two touchdowns is just worth talking about because tight end <laughs> is so bleak. He had six targets this week. Um, he played a season-high 59 snaps. He's only played three games this year. And their other tight end, Luke Wilson, only played 17. And the week hmm. before was essentially the opposite. Luke Wilson played double what Hollister did. So, I don't know. I mean, George Kittle just got hurt. Who knows what's going on with him? I mean, with with tight end so bleak, is Jacob Hollister, the former, I believe, Patriot. Yeah. Is he worth adding? He's 1% owned. Is he the new Will Disley? I think it's worth, if you have a, a, a roster spot that you don't care about, it's a speculative ad at this point. The one thing I do worry a little bit about is... The Seahawks just activated Ed Dixon, so there's another tight end in the, you know, in the in the picture at least. We don't know exactly know how it is how it's all going to play out, but I also wanted to mention Josh Gordon is now going to play Monday night. It looks like for the Seahawks, and we haven't oh talked God. about him yet. Yeah, we forgot to talk about that too. Yeah, Josh Gordon, Seahawk. Yeah, how do you feel about that? I think it's great. I mean, I'm excited about it. I think it's very very strange. How the Patriots not only dropped him, but then no other teams in the NFL put a waiver claim on him. All that feels very like we're not getting the whole story kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I don't know. He, you know, yeah, I like his his style fits the Seahawks style perfectly. I mean, it's exactly the same as DK Metcalf in the sense that he can get deep, got the size. Russell Wilson's really, really good at those sideline passes. You know, put it in the perfect spot. I mean, you could make the argument he's the best receiver on the team. No, you could not. Why not? I don't know. Because not, he hasn't not, not current version had done of him, better no. than what Tyler Lockett or DK Metcalf did this week in like four years. If he had 16 games to play, when he, if you look at the seasons where he's had 16 games. He's the most overqualified fourth receiver maybe in NFL history. <laughs> I'll give you that. I think the argument's there. Regardless, I think it'll be very interesting to see how it all pans out. And I'm just, like I said, I think he's a perfect fit for what the Seahawks want to do on offense. And so... You know, there's some definite potential there. That related to Hollister, you know, it's just I just don't trust the Seahawks volume wise to heavily target their tight end if they've got Lockett. DK is really going off right now, and then also getting Josh Gordon involved. I just I don't know if the volume would be there week to week to trust a guy like that. But like you said, the the tight end position is very grim right now, so it might just be worth a speculative ad to see how it all goes. Okay, so Kenyon Drake's touches deceiving Aaron Jones and Tevin Coleman. Each of the last two weeks were deceiving. Jacob Hollister, the entire tight end position, has deceived us. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Let's get into the guy you're not supposed to worry about. People coming for people's jobs. DK, who's the guy you're not supposed to worry about? Uh, we were all kind of excited, I think, about what Ty Johnson could do when uh, the Lions put Trey Carson on IR. It kind of looked like Johnson would get another crack at the lead back duties in Detroit. He, en- he ended up actually kind of being the lead guy. He got team high nine rushes, but he only picked up 29 yards, added three catches for, catches for seven yards and 6.6 PBR points. Um, McKissick, J.D. McKissick, meanwhile, was the guy we weren't supposed to worry about. He got 
he technically got the start, and then he got four carries, 32 yards, three catches for 40 yards and a score. Scored 16.2 PPR points. Was, I guess, the more valuable guy, clearly the more valuable guy to have in your fantasy roster this week and potentially going forward he could be. Um, but the bottom line is I don't really trust either at this point. I, I just It's kind of like the Dolphins situation. I'm just like, don't bother uh, with either of these guys because it's a dice a dice roll, whether, you know, who, which guy is going to be like more involved. I just, I, I just would probably go elsewhere with these two. Craig, you got someone you're not supposed to worry about? Yeah. I mean, I kind of just wanted to talk about Mohamed Sanu, who got traded to the Patriots two weeks ago. This was his second game, but I consider this his first real game with the Pats because he only right. played half the snaps in his first game. And he had the second best fantasy game of his career. He had 10 catches for 81 yards and a touchdown. The best was week five of 2014, where he had 10 catches for 120 and a, and a touchdown. Wow. Um, I don't know. I feel like when everybody, when anybody gets traded to the Patriots or gets acquired by the Patriots, especially a receiver, you kind of just have no idea. And Josh Gordon is a perfect example. You know, we all thought he was going to have a lot better season than he did, and he really didn't. Nothing really panned out. Mohamed Sanu showed up. I feel like you still never have an idea. And he's kind of immediately made an impact. And Brady seems to look his way. And he looks really sure-handed. Every catch he made, he really seems like um, he's going to fit in well. And I think Mohamed Sanu is going to be like a top 25 receiver going forward. Mohamed oh, Sanu or Julio yeah. Jones, f- f- second half of the season. Mohamed... <laughs> how long is Matt Ryan... You had to think about how it. How long is Matt Ryan out? Not that long, I don't think. If Matt Ryan misses like one game, I'm absolutely picking Julio. If he misses like three or four, maybe Sanu. Incredible. They did. I can't believe they gave up a second rounder for him. That to me alone is like they have a huge plan for him, right? Well, they I, have to. Also, I think that we just forget how much Bill Belichick cares about things. And Sanu's a really good blocker. <laughs> yeah. And I think Bill Belichick was just watching tape of Muhammad Sanu blocking and like throwing like two touchdown passes a season from a reverse. It's like, wow. <laughs> Belichick has yeah. his own like guy you're not supposed to worry about on his own. Like where he just like, he's like, oh, I'm going to add this guy and he's going to kill all of you. And no one even knew he was good. But this is my plan. Rex Burkhead. Would Rex Burkhead be good anywhere else? <laughs> Another former Bengal that has ended up on the Patriots. Like I know, Muhammad it's Sanu, unbelievable. Who did it via, via Atlanta. All right, let's get in. All right, let, let, we've, been, we've been chomping at the bit to do this. All right, sleeper stream of the week. <laughs> Craig has some shit to talk, so just, yeah. We're on a flex option each week, owned in less than 40% of team, uh, 40% of leagues, and whoever has the most points each weekend wins. And um, take your lap, Craig. Well, Danny Heifetz and Danny Kelly, the two Dannys <laughs> on the Danacy Football Podcast players, both put up negative totals, and mine scored a touchdown. So, <laughs> look, um, I want to say something for it. Like, so first of all, what happened, I think, is uh, sad, but it's also maybe more hilarious. And the ash, what are the what are the odds? I think that the odds are astronomical that both Danny and I would pick players that would have negative points. How many players had negative points in week nine? I think maybe two, and we picked both of them. <laughs> Mikko Hardman of the Chiefs, negative 1.3 PPR points. He fumbled, I think, on a on a kickoff, had one carry for seven yards, and then Raheem Mostert um, was not a factor, ended up with negative 0.2 PPR <laughs> points. So I have the people I... who got negative points. It is Raheem Mostert, it is Zach Zenner, Jarius Wright, McCole Hardman, Deontay Spencer, and Adam she- Shaheen. I think the odds that we could have picked two of those guys are absolutely astronomical. I'm not even mad about it. I'm impressed. I think it means we're in tune with the zeitgeist. <laughs> no, but really, in my defense, 
<laughs> okay. I said if Matt Breida can't go on Thursday, and then I was sticking my neck out. Now my head promptly got chopped off, but Matt Breida did lead the Niners. In carries and yards over Tevin Coleman. I woke up on Sunday morning because the Texans played that 6 a.m. game in London. And I was like, ah, crap. Darren Fells had one catch for one yard in the touchdown. I'm screwed. <laughs> that what one catch for one yard would have, literally not doing actually not playing would have you could have picked anybody. Can you, you imagine if like I was Joe like, Montana? I feel so good about your guys' picking poorly that I'm gonna pick no one. <laughs> <laughs> you got Oh my God. All right. Well, Anyways, we're on to week this, 10. You know, this hey, is like, we're on to, to Cincinnati. Me, this is, yeah, it's the funniest thing that's ever happened on this podcast. We're on to Cincinnati. So what? Do we have, <laughs> this is a weekly game. You know, we're not, we don't worry about what happened last week. <laughs> we got to flush that. Does DK yeah. have two wins or does Heifetz have two wins? I have two wins. And we have has one. One, I guess. Yeah. And I have one. Okay. All right. Well, there's only one way to go. There's, we can only go up here, Heifetz. So let's, let's well, try and get careful. people in the, in the positive this week. So who's, who, who are you rolling with? I'm going with Zach Pascal. Pascal. Pascal of the Colts. He's 20% owned in Yahoo Leagues. He is the de facto number one in Indianapolis this, this week. And over the next few weeks with T.Y. Hilton on the, on the shelf, I think it doesn't even really matter if Brissett is back versus uh, Brian Hoyer because I think he was still kind of the top guy in, in their offense. He ran the most routes, 66 routes, um, on or 66 snaps, I should say, on Sunday. Um Five of six targets, 76 yards, and a touchdown. So I think it gives him a good solid floor um, to finish with positive PPR points this week. Craig, who are you rolling with? Ronald Jones, running back. Buccaneers. Bruce Arians said he has finally earned the right to start. Jones has outran his uh, running back partner, Peyton Barber, 314 yards to 262 on five fewer carries uh, heading into week nine. He's had 65 yards or a touchdown in five of eight weeks. Ronald Jones passes the eye test. He's good. And they're playing the Cardinals, who give up tons of points to running backs. Feeling, I think I'm feeling the best this week out of any week. So, I'm taking Devontae Parker. Love it. Half be, well, half because... First of all, I left this blank because I thought Craig was going to take Devontae Parker. <laughs> so I wanted this Ronald Jones, and then Craig took Ronald Jones, and I Why looked at the switch? list, and I decided, who would I rather <laughs> beat Craig with? And I, I picked Devontae Parker. Yes, there's like oh, area, and Preston Williams is out, and they're going against the Colts, and the Colts have some injured cornerbacks, and Devontae Parker, again, top 12 receiver in the last four weeks. But mostly it's because <laughs> I wanted to beat Craig with Devontae Parker. I That's understand why that. I did this. You know, I get I that. I thought for sure Craig was going to take Parker. That's funny. How many points would you guys take from your streamer of the week? Like, what's the what's the lowest points you would take rather than have your guy play that you'd feel comfortable with? Apparently, zero or negative is fine. <laughs> like, would you <laughs> take the- would you take nine or would you rather have Zach Pascal play? Well, I, I don't understand your question. To be totally yeah, honest, yeah. What are you What are you asking? What I'm, ask, the, I'm asking. I'm asking like. Going into this week, would you rather just pencil in nine points for Zach Pascal or risk whatever he's going to do? Oh, no. I think that this is a weirdly good week because, as we mentioned at the top, they're just, I think all three of these guys happen to have really good situations. I agree. T.Y. Hilton is the number one receiver for the Colts. He's not going to play. Ronald Jones is has a really good matchup against the Cardinals defense. And then Devontae Parker now has Preston Williams as the number one receiver in Miami de facto, and he's out too. So I think this could be the highest scoring week we have. Well, certainly higher score than last week, but <laughs> we shall see a weird. So nine I points still, usually would cut oh it if God. you're going with waiver guys, but not this week. Okay. All right. Now it's time to lay down the law. Yes. Fantasy court. 
Do you have a fantasy football dispute that needs litigation? Is there a question that only outside counsel can solve? Take it to fantasy court with the Fantasy Football Podcast on the Ringer NFL Show Facebook page. All right. Calling the case of Justin Spazzato. I think I pronounced that right. Versus the people. Here's his case. He says, I'm the commish in a league amongst college buddies in our ninth season. Just like me. Wow. Our ninth season. One team attempted to purposely lose by sitting out a star wide receiver on Monday Night Football after he'd been in the starting lineup all week, thereby affecting the standings and allowing a lesser team, his opponent that week, to make the playoffs over another team with a better roster. He made his intentions clear prior to Monday Night Football. This commish made the decision to fix the matchups so the correct outcomes were posted to the standings as if all players had played. So if that sounded confusing, what happened was is there was a guy who basically sat one of his players so the, a worse team would beat him so then he could then play that team in the playoffs next week because he didn't want to play another team that was he thought had a better roster. So it's essentially the idea of like tanking. Is it okay to bench players to affect the outcome uh, for other teams? I love it, personally. Oh, man. You should 100% be able to sit players. It's your team. And it wasn't, it wasn't collusion, right? Like, he wasn't agreeing with some other owner that... No, he realized right. that if, he just if this wanted team a different... beats me, I will now have an easier playoff matchup. So there's two legal That's fantasy frameworks here at play in my mind. There is, one, the big commish, big government intervention here of just telling you how to run your team. <laughs> big which commish. Which I'm fundamentally not a fan of because that's why I don't like trade vetoes being left up to the people because that's fundamentally like your job is to run your team, buddy. Don't tell other people how to run their team. But there's also this runs up against bad faith where that is the real problem. You know, bad. that's the problem with collusion. That's why you psychos like can't pay money for players, which apparently it's like this is... Oh, but this one I'm intrigued <laughs> in because he let them know he was going to do this beforehand. I don't even think that matters. I think it does because here's the thing. I think that's a good faith. I think that shows good faith. So because if everybody's being said upfront it, about it ahead of time, and he's just saying, hey, look, this is what I'm doing. I think there's a certain transparency there that I, I respect. And I think, you know what? <laughs> You're allowed to do that. Yeah, you bench your player. You're, he, at, at the key of this, the core, he can set his own lineup. How pissed are you if you're the other team with a better roster, though? That's this hilarious. Kind That's of kind bullshit. of why it's got to be allowed. That's hilarious. <laughs> Absolutely yeah. hilarious. My instinct is like, this is bullshit. But at the same time, I don't think it's necessarily against the rules. But well, here's the thing. The issue is it's bullshit, but it's like, what are you going to do? You're going to change his <laughs> roster? I don't think the commission should be allowed to go back yeah. and, and, and add the points as if he had started that star wide receiver. I don't think that's okay. I think this is just savvy management. Yeah, it, you know what? Changing someone's roster or changing it is kind of like, it's a Fourth Amendment issue. Like, you need a warrant to do so. You need probable cause of wrongdoing, and that's collusion. That's, right. you know, you take a, there's no probable cause that anything went wrong here. It's just like, you don't like what happened. That's not enough to break into his front door of his team and change his lineup. That's illegal. This is like Napoleon-style savvy, like, looking at... I, I would never even, like, think of doing this. I'd just be like, okay, hopefully I make the playoffs. Yeah, whoever this guy... Well, also, there's the fantasy <laughs> karma element of, like, he's probably going to lose in the playoffs to this team he led it, and that team's going to win the championship. <laughs> I think Justin loses this case, unfortunately. Justin overruled. Justin overruled. He gave this some thought, but no. I, I, Fourth Amendment violation. Your case is overturned, Justin. <laughs> Shouts out to that savvy manager. Shouts to the savvy manager. Oh, man. 
Shout out DK. Shout out Craig. I think that's all we got. That's it. <laughs> that's it. Thank you to everyone listening. Thank you to Justin Spazzato for sending the question in. Please send in your questions to the Ringer NFL Show Facebook page. That was a good one. I like that one. Uh, yeah. Thank you to everyone for listening, and we'll see you guys later this week. And this holiday season, immerse yourself in all your favorite holiday classics with a new home theater from Sonos. Our Sonoses have just been wonderful. My Sonos move has ironically both kept me very much in place, but also I bring it everywhere I go. So great for the beach, great in the living room. It's just absolutely wonderful. So go to Sonos.com to learn more and complete your holiday shopping.